The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sounds like it would be the worst thing ever if I do poop on the floor right now. That would be so <laughs> embarrassing. I'm not going to do that. So I just kept going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was probably around five that they came back in and checked me again. And I was exhausted. I kept crying every time I had a contraction. My husband is like, it would be okay if you get an epidural. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, we are doing a birth story with Marissa. Marissa is a part of the MLN community, and I am so excited to share her story with you today. When she reached out to me, she described her birth as difficult, amazing, and fast, even though it took forever. And when I read that, I laughed a little bit because it just describes birth so well. (laughs) Birth is often a juxtaposition of all different feelings and perceptions all at once. Marissa's birth story includes a hospital plant induction and epidural, despite hoping for a natural birth, but she has no regrets. After this episode, you can hear more birth stories in episode 166 and 172. But now let's get into Marissa's story. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today with me. Of course. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where you're from? I know you're on the West Coast because we just talked about that. But yeah, anything you want to share? Yeah. So I'm in Oregon, a little town like an hour north of Portland. No one's ever heard of it. Okay. (laughs) But my husband and I are actually from Washington, which is literally just over a bridge. We're five minutes from Washington. Oh, okay. We were both born at the hospital where I had my son. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah. My dad was also born there. So. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And we have been together since 2011, but we just got married in 2019. So we just missed having a pandemic wedding. We were really lucky, actually. Yeah, I know. Very lucky about that. <laughs> And we've been together so long and we've known each other since we were little that I was like ready to have kids. I'm like, let's have kids now immediately. And he was not. So we waited about a year and a half before I even stopped my birth control. Mm -hmm. And I had been on the pill for like 10 years. And so it took me for what I felt like was forever Mm -hmm. to regulate again Mm -hmm. and feel like myself and finally get pregnant. It felt I was so upset because I got to the point where I was tracking my ovulation, taking a pregnancy test every month. And getting so disappointed month after month. And then finally, the pregnancy test wasn't negative. And I was like, I didn't believe it. Oh, I'm sure. I, I know. Three different kinds of pregnancy tests. 
because I was like, this is no, because it's not, it can't be because it hasn't been every other time. So yeah, yeah, I know. It's like almost surreal when you get that first one and you've taken so many before. I didn't have a lot of infertility with my first one, but I am anxious and I've taken a handful of pregnancy tests in my life. (laughs) So once you get one that's positive, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. And I had ended up just for cost effectiveness, buying like a bag of the dipstick style Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're so much cheaper. Yeah. And so I did one of those and it was like, there's two lines on there. (laughs) (laughs) And so then it's like, you know, the standard regular, you know, you pee on the stick kind of, and then I took a digital one too. I was like, I gotta be sure. Yeah. And then I was really afraid to tell people. Mm. I was really fearful that it wouldn't last. Mm. And I didn't have a good reason to feel that way. My mom didn't have it. There's no infertility issues on my side. Like my mom never had any trouble. Yeah. She had, um, I can never remember what it's called. It's called something different now. Preeclampsia maybe is what they call it now. Cause that's not what they told her she had. During pregnancy, you mean? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Before she had me. Oh, before she had you. Yeah. With pregnancy with me. Got it. Yeah. So she, yeah. if it's preeclampsia, did she have like high blood pressure and she maybe had headaches, a blurry vision? Maybe were you born early or anything? Yeah. So she yeah. went to the hospital and toxemia. She was told she had toxemia. Yep. That's the old word for it. Yep. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I was like, I know it's called something else at the time. Yeah. And so she went to the hospital for a checkup. Mm -hmm. and ended up having me a month early like was told you can't go home you need to stay yeah Uh, that was before cell phone so she actually ended up going home getting a bag leaving a note for my dad and being like hey I hope you make it (laughs) oh god (laughs) Um, he did yeah but that was the only thing like with my brother she had no issues at all so I had no reason to feel like I wasn't going to but I was just so worried about it yeah so we ended up telling our parents so we told my mom first and then my dad and then his, my husband's parents are still married. Mm-hmm. So his parents and we to asked them not to tell anyone else. And then we started telling people right around 12 weeks when mm-hmm. I felt more comfortable, like I wasn't feeling so crappy anymore, mm-hmm. but I was so sick that it was really hard to hide it. <laughs> the first trimester. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I know. I hate when you get that I nice was, little surprise of nastiness like, of morning sickness. <laughs> I'd go grocery shopping and the smell of the groceries in the car would make me throw up in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really hard to like go to work and not tell people and be around people all the time and have no one know. Yeah. That and we have a group of very social drinkers in our Mm -hmm. family. Yeah. And so it's like, well, you're not drinking. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I just, you know, I have a headache or whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah. But that then it was hard. Very yeah, it really is. And I, I would like fake drink when we go to restaurants. I'd Me tell too. The I did that too. I was like, I just need a virgin cocktail. So whatever I order, don't put alcohol in it. She's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think like bartenders and servers are kind of used to that. Like pregnant women in their first trimester coming up to them and being like, hey, can you make this? But don't put any alcohol in it. I'm trying to keep yeah. it a secret <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was interesting. And I just knew people were going to know. Yeah. I was like, I feel different and someone's going to know. It's like the secret that you don't want anyone to find out, which you're so excited to tell everyone about. I know. And then, you know, everything turned out fine. I didn't need to worry about it. I had no issues throughout pregnancy. Good. It was really nice getting through the first trimester and not feeling so sick anymore. But then I was exhausted. Yeah. That kicks in too. Um, 
and I'm a preschool teacher. So uh-huh. I was You're more you know, exhausted. I like, yeah, I get to a point where I couldn't, you know, I'm not getting up and down off the floor to play with you guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Summer break was really nice because I have, you know, the six weeks off mm-hmm. in the summer. So I got to be home and kind of nest during that time. But then, of nice. course, we found asbestos in the ceiling in the baby's nursery and like oh. all these things that we had to do because our house is so old. Oh. So nesting turned into like full, huge projects that I was not like I couldn't even be in the house when they redid the ceiling. So, yeah. oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. it was just chaos. But the pregnancy was fine. So. Good, good. It was a very scary thing that I was so excited about. And then everything worked out. And so why was I so afraid? Like people do this all the time. People do do it all the time. But I mean, that doesn't make it any less scary for sure. I think everyone would agree the first time that you see those two lines and, you know, during that first pregnancy, I don't think anybody goes into it like confidence. I know what I'm doing. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's rough. But Mm -hmm. so first trimester, lots of sickness. And then you're pretty much good until then. Do you want to fast forward until, you know, baby day? Yeah. I took your, your natural birth it up class. Great. Because I went into it really not wanting an epidural. Mm -hmm. I don't like needles in any capacity. And I knew there was going to be enough of them without that giant one and everything else. And so I wasn't interested in that. Spoiler, I ended up getting one. We'll get into that. That's fine. But I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say most people like who are trying to not get an epidural are doing it because they're afraid of needles. But I would say that's a big perk of not getting one is like you get to avoid that huge needle. The nice thing about epidurals, though, is you don't really see that needle (laughs) go in you right with an IV or with blood draws like you can look over and see that, but you can't really, you know look behind you and see the needle going in. So that makes it a little bit more like tolerable, I think, for some people. And also, I mean, we'll get into this, obviously, but I think a lot of people who change um, their minds during labor to get an epidural do it because they're in a lot of pain and they're like, this needle going into my back, we can handle that if it's going to get rid of this. Wondering if you need to make a birth plan? Not sure what a birth plan even is? Here's the deal. As a labor and delivery nurse, I've seen a lot of different birth plans. Some I love and some, well, not so much. (laughs) One thing that's certain though, I do recommend creating a birth plan before giving birth because overall I see birth plans as an empowering tool that gets mamas researching and thinking more about birth before it happens. But that can only happen if it's done right. That's why my team of labor and delivery nurses and I created a comprehensive yet simple birth plan template that has been used by thousands and thousands of women across the country. Grab your free birth plan template at mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan to grab your free birth plan template today. Yeah. So I like taking your class because I don't have a lot of friends that already have kids. I have like one really good friend who already has a baby, but most of my friends don't have kids yet or, you know, aren't planning to have kids. And so I could talk to my mom. I could talk to some of my sisters-in-law, but they're 10, 15 years older than me. And so they had Mm. kids long enough ago that things are different. 
Yeah, definitely different from 10 years ago. I mean, it's, you know, some things aren't, but a lot, you know, we've aged just in, I don't know, technology and just a lot of the procedures that we do are different and prenatal care and stuff. So that does make it tough when you don't have anybody really to talk to. So I can understand why taking a prenatal course and like getting it all from there can be so, so beneficial if you're like you in a spot where you really don't have anybody to talk to about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my sister-in-laws had done a home birth. Ah. And so it was like, that sounds kind of cool. And so I did all kinds of research into, you know, the different options. Yeah. And because of where we live, there wasn't anyone who would come to our house. Mm. And so if we were going to do a more home birth style, it would have to still be at a birthing center. Ah. And I looked into lots of them, but I was getting to the point where I really just needed to find a provider. I needed yeah. a, a doctor. Yeah. And so I ended up just going to the hospital and starting my appointment so that I'd be getting the care and the checkups I needed and mm-hmm. fell in love with my doctor. Oh, good. Good. And he was amazing. And I was like, I just don't feel the need to keep looking anywhere else. Good. It's like, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go into it wanting to like be in a hospital for days and have mm-hmm. that experience. And I just loved my doctor. And it was like, this is what we're going to do now. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad it's always nice when you find the one I was on a podcast last week sometime. And we were talking about this. It's kind of like when you find like your boyfriend or, you know, whoever you're going to marry, it's like the one, you know, you feel like I don't know what I I can't really describe why I feel comfortable and like he's the one or she's the one or whoever, you know, Um, (laughs) but I just do. And it's kind of like it is when you find a provider that you really trust and feel like you have a good relationship and feel like they understand you. You find the one. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And my husband (laughs) liked him too. And I was like, that's even better because it doesn't really matter to me if you like my doctor, but it's great that you do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it felt right. And I was like, yep, this is what we're doing. And I don't have to keep looking other places. And even that was like a huge relief of like, I found what we're doing. And now I can start really making a plan. Yeah. And so he recommended like go online, everything's online and find people to follow and help you through this. And so that's how I ended up finding your class. Cool. It was just so nice because I just put you on our TV in the living room when I had time. Oh, good. (laughs) So it was so nice to know what I was getting into and like have some expectation because a lot of the people I was talking to couldn't really give me that. Yeah, totally. So I always ask this question of people who take the class. Maybe I don't ask it all the time on the podcast, but when I'm just chatting with somebody, I like to know, how did you feel before you took it versus like, how did you feel afterwards? So just being like knowing a lot about early childhood development, being a preschool teacher, like I have a master's in birth to three and autism. Like, I feel like I have a good grasp on children. Yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, this will be fine. But I realized I don't know anything about them before they're born. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. Once they come out, it's like, we studied that, but (laughs) like, unless it's a a syndrome or condition you get while Mm -hmm. you're still in there, like, I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I thought that I was like, yeah, I'm going to know most of this stuff. And then I took the class and was like, wow, I'm not sure I knew anything about this. And so it was good to know. Now I've learned all these things I didn't know I didn't know. Yeah. And feel prepared, but in a totally different way than I thought I was already prepared. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's like you feel like you're ready for something. But then when you learn this knowledge that you didn't even know was a thing, you feel a lot more prepared, but also like, oh, dang, I was going to do this without yes. anything, you know, going in blind. And I thought <laughs> I was blind. ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that you took the class and you had that experience. So let's talk about birthday and kind of the days leading up to labor. What were you doing? How many weeks you were? Set the scene for me. Yeah. So I was due on a Thursday and I stopped working that Monday before. So I was really, really hoping I was going to be due on time. Yeah. I was like, I was ready to get this baby out of me. Yeah. I was giant. Like looking back on pictures, I look even bigger than I felt. I was huge. Yeah. And I feel like this is a common thing for people all the time would be like, you're having twins, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. no, I'm really not. <laughs> baby in there. Yeah. I realize I'm as big as a house. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> um, but also on the other hand, it was kind of nice to be acknowledged. Like you look miserable. Like, thank you. I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But he did not come by Thursday. And so I went ahead and had my appointment that day, my regular like checkup appointment. Like if you haven't had the baby by now, come on in. Yeah. And it just so happened that someone had the baby already. Yeah. They didn't need it. And yeah. so I got to go in with my doctor for a scheduled induction the following Monday. Good. Oh, good. Which was also really cool because his birthday ended up being 10-10, which oh, is pretty cool. That is cool. When he checked me on my due date, I was at two centimeters and I did not feel anything like I wouldn't have known that I mm -hmm. didn't feel anything I wasn't having like I was having contractions but I was still calling them Braxton Hicks like they weren't bothering me they were just kind of like oh I think I'm having a contraction that's annoying yeah <laughs> and even by the time we went in so we went in like 6 p.m on Sunday night because they were going to give me an oral medication that needed time to work I don't remember what it was mm-hmm it might have been side attack. There's a couple different yeah. ones, but yeah. They gave me an oral medication and then they woke me up in the middle of the night to give me another dose of it. And then they were going to give me another dose of it. I don't know. It was real early in the morning too. maybe they were going to give me another dose. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she came in and checked me and I was at like five. Oh. And so she's like, well, this is working things are happening. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm not really getting any sleep anymore. I'm resting, but I'm not really getting any sleep. She's like, well, I think we can switch to Pitocin. And I was like, okay, sure. This isn't that bad. I know they're going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Everyone told me that being induced is going to make them worse. Mm -hmm. So I know that this is going to just keep things going. So they started that and I had a yoga ball and was still moving around and doing all the stuff. And my husband, my sweet husband is just sleeping in the corner. Oh. <laughs> and, and eventually I was like, I need you to be a part of this with me. Mm -hmm. I can't do this by myself anymore. And so he got up and was helping me move around on the ball and do all these things. And within a couple hours, they were really bad. Mm. It was really bad. And I, I kept feeling like I'm going to poop on this yoga ball. Mm. I'm going to poop. Right here on this ball. So I kept going to the bathroom and well, no, I didn't have to poop. I was just having contractions. Mm -hmm. And that was the weirdest feeling. I was not prepared for that. Like, I just continually felt like I was going to poop while I was bouncing on the yoga ball. It was awful. You know, it's because the head is so big and it's pushing on those same nerves, but it's not poop. And so then when you feel like you're going to poop, I mean, if your baby's far enough down you'll push your baby out but like if you know it's not quite but it's starting to hit those same nerves it's odd because you're like I feel like I'm pooping but I'm not yeah I was like it would be the worst thing ever if I do poop on the floor right now that would be so <laughs> embarrassing I'm not gonna do that so I just kept going to the bathroom mm -hmm. and it was probably around five that they came back in and checked me again and I was exhausted. I kept crying every time I had a contraction. My husband is like, it would be okay if you get an epidural. 
I think maybe that you should do it because mm-hmm. he was having the worst time seeing me like this and knowing there was nothing to do. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm bawling. No, I don't want it. I didn't want it. We, we talked about this. Like, I don't need it. I'm going to be fine. And he's like, no, really, I think that you should get the epidural. And so they checked me again. And I was like at seven. Yeah. They were saying like, you're still not close. Like we have time. You can get the epidural. Yeah. And I loved my nurse the first night. And she was talking to me about it. And she came in, she like held my hand and she's like, it really is okay. Now you don't have to do this, but if you want to, like we can talk about the side effects, the things you're afraid about, like it'll be okay, but you're going to have the baby, whether you get this or not. And this will make it easier for you to have the baby. And so I got the epidural. So from the time that I was like, yes, let's do it. To the time I actually got it, it was about six, took about an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was like, you have to sit still. I'm like having contractions and I'm like, okay. And I knew I was going to have to sit still because yeah. even though I took the naturals course, yeah, you had about, it. about the epidural. And so I was like, okay. And so the gal was great. And she's like, okay, the next time you're still enough, I'm just going to do it. And she did. And really, I don't even remember it hurting at all because there yeah. was so much else going on. Like yeah. it was not a problem. Right. Like, sure. And then there was relief. And it was like, wow, okay. And so my nurse is like, now you can get some rest. Mm-hmm. We'll try and take a nap. I'm going to check you again to see where you're at. And I was at nine and a half. Oh. So I did not get any rest. Yeah. Doesn't sound <laughs> like it. She was like, we're going to see if your doctor's here yet. If not, we'll let him know that you're getting pretty close. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, start moving stuff around your room and getting some people in here and ready. And because you're going to have to start pushing pretty soon. And it was very soon. But then I had pushed for two hours and 16 minutes. Oh, man. Before the baby actually came. So it felt like forever. Yeah. And I was so exhausted that I kept passing out. Oh, wow. So they would tell me to push and they were helping. And I had an amazing team. Like I loved my doctor, but I had a really good team. Actually, my CrossFit coach's wife oh. is a nurse at the hospital and she stayed on over her shift for me, which was like so wonderful. So I had my husband on one side and her on the other side holding my legs. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I'd push and push and push. And then I would wake up and I was like, I don't know how long it's been. Like what happened? And my husband's like, it was just a few seconds. It's okay. We have to do it again. And that happened a lot of time. Like, I don't know how many times I would wake up. And so later, my husband told me that they had talked about if I have to go much longer, they're going to have to do a C-section because the baby's not, he's stuck. Yeah. He's not coming, you know, over my pelvis, I guess the little. It's like a little divot thing. (laughs) And so I was just pushing him into it over and over. He wasn't coming over it. And I was not a part of that conversation. Whether I was a part of it or not, I was not a part of that conversation. Like, I don't remember it at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't even happen. Mm -hmm. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, I want to say how amazing it was to have the epidural course. Just came home with my baby girl after a three-day failed induction turned C-section. And while it was a long and hard week, I felt so prepared with what was going on, especially with the induction section and the C-section part. I really felt like I had a good grasp on what was going on and felt in control of a very out of control experience. That is really so, so amazing to hear because this right here is a perfect example of what 
could have been a very, very traumatic experience for something if they were not prepared with what was happening to them. So I am so glad to share this one because it really, really does make a difference to do education on the front end, because even if you have an outcome that was not expected, your mindset coming away from it can be vastly different if you're prepared for it. And that is what we're all about here at Mommy Labor Nurse is preventing birth trauma. Yes. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. So I didn't even find out about it until later. So they told me they were going to give me like three or four more pushes and that we'd go from there and see. But it's like, you got to get them out. So I definitely did finally poop. And I very distinctly knew the difference because someone was down there cleaning it away. And I was like, it doesn't matter. The baby's ah. gotta come out. <laughs> but I know I've heard people be like, yeah, I don't know if I did or not. I knew. <laughs> I, I, did. I was like, well, it doesn't matter. There's a lot going on. And <laughs> You're like, I don't remember the whole C-section <laughs> talk, but I remember. <laughs> yep. And I remember I kept saying over and over, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't want a yeah. C-section, but I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. And it was, okay, one more, one more. And so I did one more and I was like, I can't do it again. And the doctor's like, you don't have to. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, oh, he's here. Look. And so Aww. there he is. And they put him right up on me and he immediately pooped and peed all over me. Nice. And, and I was like, oh, cool. Now I have meconium everywhere. And you guys the, are twins. The, you pooped yourself and your baby pooped yourself. And the, there's just poop everywhere. Um, and his whole head was like, you know, smushed and purple. And he yeah. was bruised for like a week. Aww. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Now he has a perfectly round head. He's totally fine. But put him right on me. And, you know, he was... 10 fingers and 10 toes and he was there. And so they had told me that he was measuring really large. And I was like, cool. He wasn't, he was seven, 15, mm -hmm. 20 inches. He was very average. Yeah. We just hung out for a very long time mm -hmm. and it was awesome. And he was here. Yeah. That is amazing. Tell me about your postpartum experience a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I stayed in the hospital for three days after that and I had some tearing. Yeah. And so I had like six or seven stitches and it was a second degree tear, mm -hmm. but he said it was pretty bad. Ah, uh, a second and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> um, and so I had some stitches and I was very uncomfortable and they almost recathetered me because I couldn't. Oh, uh, yeah. Eventually I did. And so they didn't have to, but I just really, I didn't have any trouble after the epidural. You know, I obviously waited until I could feel everything, yeah. um, but I didn't have any trouble getting up and walking around once that was done. And once I finally went to the bathroom, all of that was okay. Everything just felt wrong. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't my body. Mm. It doesn't feel anything like before you're pregnant and it no longer feels like you're pregnant. Mm. Yeah. And I was afraid to touch anything. I was like, I don't want to mm. know what it's like down there mm -hmm. like I'm afraid of what it's going to be like and so I didn't want to touch it but I was like well I have to clean it so doing all of the peri bottle and witch hazel and the yeah the tux and the spray yeah ice packs right 
the spray totally discolored my toilet seat. I've never been able to get it clean. Oh. <laughs> Worth it. Hmm. Okay. You can always buy fun a facts. toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. fun fact. <laughs> I don't know what it was about it, but hmm. my toilet seat is like just the from me overspraying, I guess. Yeah. I was really nervous. And so I made sure that I made an appointment before the six week appointment. My doctor was totally fine with that. Come in and check everything out yeah. and see how things were going. And because I still like everything felt so weird. And even after I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can examine, make sure everything's okay and see what's going on. It still was like, I don't know though mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. It's more or less the same as it was before, <laughs> but it just, everything felt wrong. It's mm-hmm. like, this isn't my body. I don't know what to do with this. It almost felt like it was detached. Oh, interesting. Like I felt so weird in my own skin. Like mm-hmm. this isn't me before and this isn't me pregnant. And so I don't know what to do with this after pregnant person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of trouble nursing. I didn't have colostrum mm-hmm. yet. Like it just wasn't there mm-hmm. before we left the hospital. And he had a tongue tie. We ended oh. up not having to get it cut. We were able to work through it, but it took a long time and I ended up having to supplement. And so then I felt like I had failed again, all over again. Like, why isn't my body doing this? It took a full week for my milk to really come in. Like I didn't have anything for him. I felt so bad and he, he lost quite a bit of weight. Um, And so we had to start doing formula because he wasn't getting enough. He took a bottle fine. That was nice. (laughs) And now I no longer have to supplement. We did for the first like six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to get my supply up and work through his tongue tie issues. So we did half and half for a little while. And it was so hard on me. Mm-hmm. He was hungry all the time. Yeah. And half the time, I didn't know that's what the problem was because I'd never done this before. And he right. just nursed. Right. So why is he hungry? And well, it's because you don't have enough milk yet and your supply isn't established. And well, how am I supposed to know that? Mm-hmm. And our hospital doesn't have a lactation consultant. And they had people who they would have come talk to you about it, but they weren't, you know, a specialist that wasn't Uh their field. And so I had people that helped and we did nipple shields and we did all of the things to try and establish breastfeeding. And now he's totally great. He never stops eating. He's a chunk, but it took us a long time to get to that point. Yeah. And it was so hard that I thought about just not doing it at all. Yeah. This is miserable. He's upset all the time. Yeah. And I'm upset all the time. And it was really hard. That was the hardest thing was coming home and, you know, you're in the hospital for four days. And so everyone's helping take care of you. And Mm -hmm. then you go home and we have um, paid medical family leave here because we actually work in Washington, both of us. And so Washington does paid. I know not every state does that yet. Mm -hmm. So that my husband got to stay home for a month, which was really nice and be there with us and bring the baby to me. And cause I was, especially the first couple of weeks at home, I was sitting on ice packs constantly. Yeah. And so it was so much, so many things. You only have to do this one thing. You have to feed the baby and change the baby, but it's so many things. Just keep the baby alive is like yep. 500 things a day. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, if you had a checklist, it would be all of these things. And it's not really even, a lot of this stuff isn't checklistable, right? Um, And sometimes you're nursing in this position and then you are doing this. And sometimes he's eating 15 times a day and sometimes he's eating 10. And sometimes, you know, like this is going on with his left toe. It's like all of these different factors that makes it really sometimes unpredictable. And I remember that very well being like, okay, 
I'm kind of starting to get in the groove of things, but then like something changes, like their sleep is off and it just, it messes with you. Mm -hmm. He's almost six months old and it's probably only been really probably since I went back to work. I went back to work a little over a month ago. I've maybe been back at work for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was when I started really feeling kind of like an individual human again. Good. And I was really grateful for my therapist. I do virtual therapy, so I didn't have to go to him. So I could get back into therapy right away, Good, which was really nice. And so being able to have someone separate to talk to, because my husband is wonderful, but it's not the same. (laughs) You know, he's not a licensed therapist. So Um, I like to ask this question too. So Do you feel like there was anything that you could have done during your pregnancy or beforehand to help with your postpartum experience, like make it a little bit easier? No, but I think next time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that I could have been more prepared going into it, not knowing what was really going to happen. Yeah, I had my little basket of things at home that yeah. I knew I was going to want in the bathroom. And I had, you know, diaper stations set up in multiple rooms of the house. I had all those things kind of ready. Yeah. But next time I will know, like, I never even use this stuff. So right. I don't need it next time. Right. Or I'm going to know what I need the grandparents to come help with more ahead of time than I yeah. did this time around. I think I was well prepared as I could have been. Yeah. But I know that things will be different second time around yeah. than, than they were the yeah. first time. No, that's a good point. And maybe it's just about if they're a first time mom, because a lot of first time moms listen to the podcast. I think it's maybe that getting prepared is great, right? Like get prepared for postpartum. That is so, so important, but also go into it knowing that it is somewhat of a learning curve and there are going to be things that you just can't prepare for because it's you're doing yeah. this for the first time. Yeah, you don't know until you know. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Aww. And I also think that everyone's different. Yeah. So like I have a friend who gave me this stuff because she used it and I never yeah. used it. I needed it. It was, you know, different things. Yeah, different experience. No, exactly. Well, that is a great way to wrap things up. Marissa, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to share your social media or like where people can connect with you if they want to connect with you? Sure. I'm mostly on Instagram. So it's the end of my name, Rissa, without the M-A, Rissa. Mm-hmm. And then P, like the vegetable, recipe 93. Recipe 93. Got it. Well, we'll leave that yeah. in the show notes too, if anybody wants to click there and send you a message and connect. Sure. Thank you so much for coming on. This was fabulous. Thank you what a great story from Marissa. Oh, I just love getting on with you guys and chatting about your births. It's just so cool. You know, I get to go to the hospital and be right there with you guys and like helping you through it. And then I come on here and I can actually hear you guys talk about your births. And then I go on the Facebook page and I read your birth stories and I see pictures of your babies. I just love birth if you haven't figured that out by now. Next week, I have a great episode for all my first trimester mamas, because I know some of you guys are listeners who are in the first trimester. You found me very early on. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about all of your first trimester questions, because there are quite a lot of them when you first get pregnant. It's not like anything you've ever experienced before. So next week, be prepared. We're going to be talking about all of your first trimester questions. I will see you guys next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. 
And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.laborNurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.